A stretch of road on Chicago's south side has been home to this eager passenger for a century. She accepted rides from strangers, but wasn't always the most gracious guest, screaming, jumping in and out of the car, and in some cases, ghosting those who offered to take her home. Is this a case of mistaken identity and late-night hallucinations, or do drivers headed down Archer simply need to prepare for an extra rider? This week's episode is Resurrection Mary. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Well, 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 well. This week has come. The week is here, Heather. The week is, I won't say nigh, because nigh means it's going to come, isn't it? It's already here. It's it's, it's knee. It's knee-made. <laughs> knee-made and nillied. I will turn 36 on this Friday. You know so you're listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, you still have one more day to join us on Thursday, October 27th at the Texas Theater. It's my birthday eve. And it's my last night as a 35-year-old. Who knows what I'll do? I mean, the milestone of 36 is really just... People said you weren't going to make it. Haters. <laughs> so many people look, said it. So many people wrote in and was like, Heather's not even going to make it to her 36th birthday. And look at me now. I bought a pair of ranch dressing Crocs off of eBay. I'm yes. living the dream. You won that bid fair and square. I had to bid on it. It wasn't How even How many other people now. were bidding? Just me. <laughs> It's just me. But can I just so tell you, you bid I put against my... yourself? No, I just I just put in a bid, but then I was worried that someone was going to try to snipe me, which is where they wait till the last minute mm-hmm. and come bid. And what? So what I did is I put in a higher bid. I was willing to go to one fifty <laughs> against yourself. But I, you know, it's a reserve. It's not oh. a reserve. It's a proxy bid. So okay. it basically tells the machine automatically if someone bids. I bid one twenty. They're like, if someone bids one twenty one, bid one twenty two. You know, like yes. it'll auto do it. And so then last night I was googling how to win an eBay auction because I really wanted to win. And so it said, don't use round numbers. Like I shouldn't use one fifty. And so I upped it and I was like, well, I can't just do one fifty one. Like, what if someone does one fifty five? So I put out one sixty three. <laughs> I was willing, but this is full circle because today we're going to redo the Resurrection Mary episode for you. So if you're like, I don't like live shows, well, in your face. <laughs> this was a really good fucking live it show. It was great. And One of our Resurrection best. Mary snatched the audio. She took it. She erased it somehow. It's gone. It's a, It was a sad, sad day when we learned that because it was a great crowd, great location. Zanies in Chicago is been played by like all the legends so to play there was very cool all the headshots and everything in the green room to like just be amongst that was a very great moment uh and heather purchased a pair of crocs live on stage the jimmy buffett crocs yeah so you're not gonna be able to hear that 
But there's video footage of it, so we can put, uh, I can clip out just the pantomiming of us like holding the phone up, but it's just not the same. But that just goes to show you that if you do truly want a live show experience, you have to be in the room. And this one we're doing on Thursday, the 27th, it's not going to be on the feed ever. Nope. Like you're not, if, unless you're in the room or on the worldwide digital experience via moment, you're not seeing this show. It's not coming in. The, if you have a grievance, if you want to send in a virtual grievance, anything like that, you cannot, you have to be physically in the room or on the moment. And as this Resurrection Mary has taught us, even when you think, oh, I can't go to the Chicago show first night, it's fine. I'll hear it on the feed. You can't just think like that, Mm-mm. YOLO. You have to live every moment. Tim McGraw, I'm going to say it again. I've said it before. You got to live like you're dying. <laughs> live like you're not going to turn 36 and anything could happen. <laughs> anything could happen. It's up in the air. But I love Resurrection Mary. I love, we'll, we'll tell you all the stories as we go oh, through man. this, but uh, this is one of the all time best uh, subject. First person investigations we've ever done. I'm, yeah, maybe the best. It's maybe, I think it is. Lizzie, there's no Lizzie in the world. Chet's Melody Lounge and Lizzie will live in my heart until the day I die and beyond. Oh. Yeah. And we both got t-shirts. Realm. Yeah. I wore that shirt the other night on our live stream. That's right. You did wear it on the mm-hmm. live stream. It was badass. Yeah. It was, a, it was a ton of fun. We love Chicago. We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's our favorite city, including our own. Yeah. So if you were there and you're like, wait a second, I'm not going to hear all the funny stuff. Was this also the one that we had the sign language interpreters at? No, that's the the second Chicago show. So you all will hear that one. But then I encourage you to also, we have uh, video footage. We'll have to figure out how to disseminate. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great show, too. But if you were at this show... She got us. She got us. We weren't in the car, but she said, if you weren't here, you don't get to hear. And I'm talking about Mary. Resurrection Mary. Resurrection yes. Mary. Yeah. But the we one will. And only. If you were there or weren't there, you get to hear her wonderful story all over again. Like it was the first time. Yeah. A Chicago legend. I mean, I heard about this when I lived there and did the boat rides. Mm-hmm. I heard about it from my friends who grew up there. And uh, boy, were there some newspaper articles about it. <laughs> So many. And then we got some firsthand experiences from Lizzie herself at Chess Melody Lounge across the street from the cemetery. So we'll talk all about that, too. All right. Well, buckle up. Just like Mary does when she jumps in the car. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. Jaw-dropping architecture, deep dish pizza, Chicago-style hot dogs, the Cubbies, and the Bears. Chicago is known for so many wonderful things. What you may not know, though, is that Chicago is also a popular hub of paranormal activity. According to Brad Steiger's book, Psychic Chicago, the Windy City is also the North American capital of the occult. Steiger concluded that Chicago has a balanced energy due to the fact that the North Magnetic Pole passes through it. He also called it a hub of controlled psychic energy, which leads it to hosting many otherworldly residents. Spots like the former Excalibur nightclub and Old Joliet Prison are just a few famous spots said to be the home of some ghostly residents. Paranormal investigator Richard Crow was a preeminent researcher in the subject of Chicago legends and hosted hordes of curious travelers who wanted to see Chicago's creepier side on his ghost tour, once touting himself as... The only full-time professional ghost hunter in the Midwest. Crow told the Tribune it wasn't always an easy gig. The strangest group I ever had was this motorcycle gang. At one point, one of them pulled a pistol and started shooting at the moon. Things get wild. (laughs) To be a fly on the 
in the sky. <laughs> to be Flying the moon the in the sky when this was going on. The moon's like, hey, man, I didn't what do a, shit. I didn't do shit. I don't have any ghosts up here. Why are you shooting at me? The moon <laughs> over Chicago has a Chicago accent. It's a, a great Chicago accent for sure. <laughs> I was practicing on my drive home today. Oh, I love very. Uh, you nailed it. There's a botanist. It. You would love him. Tommy would love him. Who? He's a, his name's Joe Blow, B-L-O-W-E, and it's called Crime Pays, but Botany doesn't. And he's like, look at the fucking flowers here. This is. It doesn't grow like this anywhere else. Highly recommend. Oh, I, I will check it out. You gotta. You gotta. One of the stops along a Chicago ghost tour is likely to be Resurrection Cemetery. Located at 7200 South Archer Avenue, this final resting place was consecrated by the church in 1904. It is one of several cemeteries in Justice, a suburb just southwest of Chicago. The Chicago Tribune reported that due to the high concentration of burial plots in Justice, two-thirds of the land in the three-square-mile community is occupied by dead residents. The city supports the business of dying with a funeral home, some flower shops, and companies creating monuments for the graves. Resurrection Cemetery actually predates the city by seven years and faces out along the long stretch of road running through town called Archer Avenue. It is the largest cemetery, stretching over 400 acres. According to the Tribune, nearly 200,000 bodies are buried in the grounds, but not all of them have had a peaceful afterlife. This We drove by this. It's huge. It's I very mean, it big. And at the time, we thought, there's no way we can get into it. Since then, we've received a lot of messages saying, you absolutely can't. <laughs> there's, you can just jump the fence or just go in. It's, it's fine. The time, though, we didn't do it. So next time, we'll have to go back. And, and we, we weren't there during the day when, you know, visitors can go in. This was at, at night after yes. the cemetery was closed. But it is huge. And right across the street... Jet's Melody Lounge. Fuck yeah. What more do you need? <laughs> you bury a loved one, put them to their final resting place, and go get a Pep's Blue Ribbon. Go uh, toast them across oh, the yeah. street with the Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With Lizzie. Just after World War II, the owners of the cemetery began bulldozing graves to make room for additional bodies. The graves that were unearthed were referred to as term graves. In the early 20th century, burial plots weren't guaranteed forever. So when the term was up, the grave was removed to make room for additional bodies. Bodies were reburied in other locations on the cemetery's grounds, usually with their gravestones in tow, but not always. Disturbing the graves may have caused unrest among at least one of the dearly departed residents, a dangerous proposition in a city known for its paranormal leanings. Well, I mean, I guess you got to do it, but it's kind of horrifying to think... Well, you paid for 10 years for your loved one to be buried. And after that, sorry. Where's the money? (laughs) You're you're evicted. Yeah, I don't really have it. Well, we're going to dump you in the back corner. And you're like, oh, I guess. I mean, that's a one-way ticket to haunt town. I mean, come on. And if they don't take your gravestone, then how can anybody find you? Right. you find yourself? Once you're out wandering around the cemetery at night, you need to go back to bed. You don't know where to go. It's like when you move a dog's water bowl. They're confused. They don't know what's happening. It just walks around in circles. Mm -hmm. So sad. You can't do that. I mean, I get it was like a thing back then, but uh, I'm glad to see we've come a long way and we don't do that. Yeah. I think about quite often how bizarre it is, cemeteries in general, Mm -hmm. that we at some point in time decided that we would use land that was only going to be occupied for the deceased. Yeah. 
and put a bunch of stuff in the ground that may or may not be good for it. I don't know. I'm sure it's it's evolved and changed over the years, but call me crazy. I don't know. Sticking a big hunk of wood or metal down six feet in the ground when other things were probably around living there. Yeah, it's I get it. People want to be able to go and visit and have a place to pay their respects. For me personally, I think it's just kind of it's just a bizarre ritual that we all just accept. Yeah, it's one of those. We're like, well, we my whole family did it, so I guess I'll do it. Well, and it's also if you think about the way that we did anything in between before, I don't know, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, the way stuff as far as ecology evolves and Mm -hmm. science technology evolves to be like. We were trying our best back then. And you're like, fuck, this grave's been around for like 100 years. Like, yeah. did, what's going on? You don't want to look. It's not going to be good. My family has a, an eight-person plot oh. at a very popular Dallas cemetery. And uh, it was yours meant for, one of them? Uh, it is not. Okay. But it was meant for my grandparents and then my grandma's parents and then a sister and everything and when we went to bury a loved one who had died my aunt uh it was occupied the space that was meant for her and they had buried another relative in the wrong space and they told my uncle jerry who you know don't take no shit they were like (laughs) well we have a a open and close fee which is literally like the whole digging fee they go it's a it's fifteen hundred dollars and he was like so you're gonna pay that and they go well no you really have to pay it because we have to dig it up he goes i'm not the one who put her in the wrong spot (laughs) like the indignity of having to already unearth a loved one but then also try to charge so on top of that when i interned at the ftc funeral homes are have to be regulated Mm because sometimes shady things happen a lot of death care workers are beautiful loving people but we also covered golden gate funeral home so it's definitely a, a something ripe for possible misuse what happened they dug her up and put her in another spot and then we Didn't charge covered you? the cost. No, they did oh, not. Oh, good, good, no, good. No, Uncle Jerry ain't going to write a check for that. <laughs> he was like, go fuck yourself. I thought he may have been like, well, just put her in the other one. No, he was like, hell no. It's marked. The grave marker was wrong. Oh, yeah, so the markers the gra- are already there? Yeah, they put the marker in the wrong home. Wait yeah. a second. Are the markers no. there before the bodies? Well, it depends. For this aunt, the, my great aunt died. She was the one that was in the wrong hole. They put her marker, they buried the body, and then when they came to put the marker down, they put the marker in the right hole, but the body was in the wrong hole. (gasps) Oopsies. Yeah. And then for like, you know, sometimes if you have a husband and wife, the marker's down and one person doesn't, it just has a dash. God. Looming. It's looming. It is. Yeah. We all have that dash. We just don't all have to look at it. Yeah. It's just kind of tickling in the back of our brain all the time. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about a ghost. (laughs) Anyway, we're all going to die, and uh, maybe you'll become a hitchhiking ghost. Maybe you'll find eternal rest. Who knows? Who knows? We can't know. One of these unearthed graves belonged to a woman known only as Mary, who eventually became known as Resurrection Mary, as she was frequently spotted near her former, former final resting place. According to the Tinley Park Star, Mary died in a car accident around the 1930s after a long night of dancing at the O. Henry Ballroom in Willow Springs. Author Richard Crow wrote, Resurrection Mary's probably the most persistent hitchhiking ghost story in Chicago, but no one seems to know Mary's last name. However, several theories emerged as to who this woman was. For a while, it was widely believed she was a woman named Mary Bergovi, who had been killed in a hit-and-run accident in 1934. However, Bergovi was a brunette, and all the reported sightings of Resurrection Mary describe a young blonde woman, 
Additionally, Brugovi was killed in the downtown Loop District, according to Windy City Ghost, which is a good 16 miles from Resurrection Cemetery. Still, others attribute the spirit of Mary to a young woman named Anna Norcus, who was killed in 1927. A devotee of the Virgin Mary, Anna had taken Mahira as her middle name, which means Mary in Lithuanian. Anna was on her way back from celebrating her 13th birthday at the O. Henry Ballroom when the car her father was driving ran off the road into a 25-foot ditch. Young Anna was killed instantly. While some believe Anna's spirit now wanders down Archer, others say this spirit is too young to be Resurrection Mary, who is said to be 18 or 19 years old. I think that's one of the most interesting things about this story is that there's so many witnesses. There's so many eyewitness accounts that when you give an op- option, they're like, it doesn't match. No, because me and these 15 other people very specifically saw like a 20, 18, 19, 20-year-old blonde woman. Yeah, and when you start digging into it, there's several contenders of who this could have been because this was kind of a windy, dark road back then, and mm-hmm. people would drink and then drive down it, and there weren't streetlights or go just go too fast, take a turn too fast, which is what happened with Anna's dad, and they just ended up in a ditch. A horrible way to end your 13th birthday. Yeah. The tragic story of Mary Miskowski has also been submitted as a possible contender for the mystery ghost. Mary lived in the Southside neighborhood of Bridgeport. On her way to a Halloween party in October of 1930, Mary was struck and killed by a car while crossing the street. What a bitch. Yeah, man. You're going to have fun. You're all dressed yeah. up. You're ha- at the, I believe she was with her boyfriend at the time, too. Mm-hmm. It's just tragic all the way around. Yeah, all these stories are, you're just d- living your life. You know, you're just mm-hmm. going home after an event, doing, so, you know, stuff we take for granted we do every day. And life is precious. And uh, all there's, it's like there's, it's sad that there are so many stories that it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Live like that dash could come at any moment. I mean, it can. <laughs> it sure this can. Is, this turned macabre. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a macabre subject. I think with stories like this, it is an interesting mix of urban legend and actual, you know, deaths. Mm-hmm. But it's we kind of like distance ourselves from the reality of it a bit because it does become like this ghost story. But the reality is. All of these were real people that did lose their lives in horrible ways. Mm -hmm. Any one of them could be Resurrection Mary, or maybe none of them are. Right. Well, you're right. It's it's cultural, too. It says something to our culture that we're fixated on how your soul must feel when your death is so, um, like, unexpected. Like, I was walking home after a Halloween party, like... Wow, like that that's a very traumatic way to die. You're not like surrounded by your loved ones. And so like we as society like build this narrative around mm-hmm. it of oh, well she's looking for a way home. She has unfinished business. She was young and it was far too early. That yeah, it is the uh, history or evolution maybe of ghost stories and urban legends is very fascinating. We've talked about it before and it's usually mm-hmm. a cautionary tale and even with this it kind of is. It's like don't be driving fast down the street. And then on the flip side, don't be stopping for good-looking ladies if you're driving down that street as as a living man. Right. Pay attention to the road and don't mm-hmm. stop for hitchhikers. The true identity of Mary may be unknown. However, the story of how she met her untimely demise has remained relatively consistent over the years. Mary had been attending a dance at the O. Henry Ballroom in Willow Springs with her boyfriend. 
evening started out nice, but at some point the young couple found themselves in the middle of a heated argument. Fuming, Mary decided to walk home rather than share a car ride with her fellow. It was raining that night, and the beautiful white dress Mary was wearing quickly became soaked. Somewhere between the O'Henry Ballroom and Resurrection Cemetery, Mary was struck by a car. Rather than stop and help the young woman, the motorist left Mary to die on the side of the road. The driver was never identified. And that's yet another cautionary tale of if you hit somebody, you need to stop and, you know, talk about what you did and, you know, render call aid. Call police, and, yeah. Yeah, call and the police or go get help. It's also one of the tropes of ghost stories. A young woman uh, alone in a white dress, it's raining. I mean, this is kind of like the same story as Lady of the Lake and mm-hmm. and other hitchhiker stories. That's not to say that there's not truth to all of them. It's just kind of... Um, it's interesting that it's not just, it's kind of every region has their own story as yeah, and, as a Resurrection Mary. Yeah, and it's different. You know, like the Lady of the Lake, I was always like, well, you know, it's White Rock Lake, water's a conductor of energy. Maybe that has something to do with it. And it's interesting, this one is not related to, and when we did the Lady of the Lake episode, we talked about, I don't think we talked about Resurrection Mary, but we mentioned mm-hmm. a couple others in like Europe and the UK and mm-hmm. certain areas, you know, parts of Ireland and things like that. But those were frequently near bridges or water, and Resurrection Mary is just straight on the street. So I think that's very mm-hmm. interesting, too. And this one is, I've, as far as our research goes, we found way more first-person encounters. You know, maybe people in Chicago are just like, I'll tell you about the ghost I saw, <laughs> like, versus other play. I don't know. Meet but me over we- at Chet's Melody Lounge. I'll tell you all about <laughs> it. Ah, go to Chet's. Dave will shit his pants. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. Don't Dave. go in a bathroom. It's fucking oh, awful. He's God. an Uber driver, so he's got to go get back in his Uber. He's got to pick up some fares after this. He said he's sorry. He tried to. He sprayed some scrubbing bubbles on it. Oh and left my it the God! Soap. How had I forgotten that story until this moment in time? Yeah, yeah. Your sweet faced husband who went. So just to rewind, we get a Chet's Melody Lounge. We get into. Let's. We can. We can save the story. <laughs> What are we saving it for? Nothing. This is it. This <laughs> okay, is the time. Let's tell it so now. It's, you know, it's uh, about, it, we we arrive about like nine o'clock at night. It was we well did not have it. We Usually we rent a car on tour when we're staying in a city for a couple of days because we, it's usually more affordable than Ubering everywhere. And we like to be able to do things on our own time. We did not for this Chicago trip. So when we wanted to go to Chet's Melody Lounge, we had to Uber. It was a 45-minute Uber ride. In justice, we were staying in Lincoln Park. That we Chicagoland area. We took in silence, not by choice. We all just kind of like uh, silently agreed, like, I guess no one's going to talk. Because the Uber driver seemed concerned that he was driving us so far away from, like, where most people would be going into the city. We're like, no, take us to justice. Take us to the cemetery. I mean, he did. He picked us up at a hotel in Lincoln Park and we were like, could you take us to there's these bars all over Chicago where it just says like old style beer or like PBR beer. They like don't have names to them. Mm-hmm. This one's similar. There's just a marquee out front that said beer inside. Yeah. And I think he was like, is this where you're going? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, all right. <laughs> we just get on the Stevenson. There was he's just like, all right. no cars when we pulled up. No, it, was, it was right across the street from the cemetery, which, like Heather said, was sprawling. It was Huge. very, very big. We get out of the car. We walk in. Well, first of all, we pull up, and it's exactly what I'd hoped. It's a dive bar yeah. that looks like if those walls could talk, the oh, stories yeah. that you would hear. We were the only ones there. We opened the door. The bartender, who we 
found out is named Lizzie. She's a gym. She's, She's behind very... the bar and one other person who appeared to be her friend. Yeah, was there was like sitting in there too. We walk in, four of us, Leanne, Tommy, me, Heather, and they all it was like that scene in Pee Wee Herman when <laughs> the record just stops and everybody's like, What? Well now, there, no music's playing, no. by the way. Uh something was on the TV. I think the office, the office. was on. It was the office. The office was on. We all go to the bar. We sit down, and she's like, uh, can I get y'all something to drink? And we're like, yeah. And we all order, and we're, she's like, I can change the TV. We're like, no, please leave it. <laughs> we love the office. <laughs> we love this. Tommy slips away to the bathroom, mm-hmm. comes back, sits down, and then she goes, uh, because it's, you know, like Chrissy said, Leanne, Christy, myself, and then Tommy, and she goes to Tommy, oh, just so you know, don't use the little boy's room. Make sure you go to the girl's bathroom. There was a huge mess. And then there's a pause. And I said, what happened in the bathroom? And she goes, guy shit himself all over the place. Destroyed. And this is exactly what we hope for. Because we're like, can you tell us every detail about this guy shit in his pants? Oh, she obliged. Dude. Came in at 4 p.m. Holding his ass. And I go, what kind of pants was he wearing? I thought jeans. Nay, nay. Khakis. khakis. She goes, the light kind, too. I was like, fuck. Because it was the summer. You got the linen khakis on. Destroyed. Runs to the bathroom. And I'm like, and then apparently sprayed matter she went in after and by the way he shit himself shit everywhere and then he he left but he didn't clean anything up so she went in there and sprayed a bunch of scrubbing bubbles yeah but let it sit yeah and she said i'm letting it soak i've been letting it soak 10 p.m is when we arrived it's about 10 p.m by the time 4 p.m so tommy got the warning after he'd already gone to the bathroom and he was like I was wondering what had happened in there because, my God, the smell. He's so polite, though, because she's like, is it bad? And he was like, oh, you know, you know, like, uh. but we asked her, we go, so what did you? He said, oh, I'm sorry. And he ran out and said, and I go, oh, you don't think you'll ever see him again? She goes, no, nah, I'll be back tomorrow. He's a regular. <laughs> he was a regular and wasn't the first time it had happened. No. So, yeah. No. But she was a, a gem. We got to talking with her. She was so fun. Well, y'all went outside to smoke and I said... Hey, what's the security situation at the cemetery across the street? And she goes, they got security guards in there. Why? You want to go ghost hunting or something? And I said, yeah. And that's when she said, do you want to see my ghost hunting equipment? And she was all, and you guys came back in and I was like, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> like, she had ghost hunting equipment. And she convinced you to buy the Crocs. She's yes. the one that told right. you to buy those Crocs. That's right. Because she was wearing Crocs. And I said, hey, all my friends, I want this pair of Margaritaville Crocs. And she goes, where do you think you're going to wear the Crocs? And I said, well, we're going to Florida in a few weeks. We have Florida shows. And uh, she goes, you should get them. I said, well, my friends kind of told me not to get them. They said they're dorky or whatever. She goes, they're going to be kicking sand out of their shoes. And you're going to be living high and when you dry in your Crocs. Why would you I listen to five, them? I got she's five like, pairs. She does. And she's like, you get, she was giving me sizing information. She was like, some of them got fleece in them. Some of them don't. Some of them, I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah. She goes, life's too short. Buy the Crocs. That's right. Life's too short. Buy the Crocs. The dash is going to get filled in someday. Buy the Crocs. Buy the Crocs. I mean, you know what I mean? So it was amazing. She, she had had an EVP experience inside of the lounge. She let us listen to the audio. A television had turned on. She and her husband were in the lounge as it was empty and said, if anything's in here, and then you hear on the audio, oh, holy shit, the TV just turned on. <laughs> it's so good. It was her perfect. friend that was there also had stories. Yeah. And the storage room that like they kept all the beer and stuff down was down a very ominous flight of stairs to the basement. And she's like... She just stood at the top and she's like, I'm not going down there for you girls, but I'll take some pictures. And she just took pictures. And we're like, 
this is terrifying. It was she so was terrifying. she was amazing. We were there for quite some time. Some other people were playing uh My tractor sexy. Yeah, they had there's a slot machine back there mm-hmm. and since the she didn't turn the sound on, they just had their own songs on and they were playing She thinks my tractor's sexy. They were. Yep. As on their own phone. But you and I went to the restroom and we bonded in a way that we never bonded before because we opened the door. It's a sink, a toilet, and then a stall with another toilet in it. And we we like you one went of us in the had stall. To pick. Which one was going to be out in the open? Where I the was door ready to go out in the open. You were very thoughtful, though, because you said, are you finished? I said, yes, I am. And so we, not that we haven't, like, I mean, we've crossed the bounds. You've of pulled up my Spanx in what? a bathroom <laughs> that I had just shit in. Because yeah, I got tangled up in my Spanx in my dress. Well, so, Spanx are tricky, man. But, yeah. Well, but I'm just saying we've crossed that threshold of intimacy long oh. ago. Long ago. <laughs> yeah. But what a, just a wild ride. And she had a, I mean, PKE meter. I mean, just everything. And eventually it got so late, you know, we had a show the next day, we had to leave. And when, as we got back, we, because re- we bought two t shirts, they have these epic t shirts with old English font that says Resurrection Mary, Chet's Melody Lounge, has the phone number on it, has a picture of Resurrection Mary. Oh, a it's ghost. perfect. Mm-hmm. Do we get back to the hotel and we're like, oh, shit, we forgot to invite Lizzie to the show. So I was like, let me call this number that's on the T-shirt. And it was like, leave your message at the tone. Beep. I was like, this is a physical answering machine yeah. I'm speaking yeah. And you left a very polite and long message. And insane. I was like, hello, I was there last evening. We were watching The Office together. You might remember, recall we discussed Crocs at length and we also discussed ghosts. Anyhow, I would like to invite you to be my guest. And you know, they're like, this bitch is crazy. Takes tape out, throws it out. Uh, so we miss you, Lizzie. We love you. And if anyone uh, goes there, send her our regards. She is a gem. The most perfect person I've ever met. I will 100% go back there. Next time I'm in Chicago, just to see her. And even if she's not there, I'm sure all the other people are, are lovely, too. And maybe, maybe Dave's there. <laughs> Sprayed shit all over the place. <laughs> maybe we get to meet him. I just love that. She's like, he's an Uber driver. And you're like, and I was like, where did he go? Back in his car. And I was like, <laughs> he's going to pick up fares in that Uber later. <laughs> awesome. Sinisterhood will be right back. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, sometimes I get wrapped up in myself and spiraling thoughts and I need to get into a situation where like hey there's an answer or let go of the past and that's what therapy's about it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when you're faced with a challenge in life but when you learn how to find your own solutions there's no better feeling a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. You, Christy, inspired me to start therapy because you have had a wonderful relationship with your therapist. I did not know where to start. BetterHelp stepped in. I have an amazing therapist who I love. She is uh, so thoughtful, checks in on me via text, and has really given me a lot of day-to-day things where I'll text her and say, hey, remember you told me to do X. I did it, and it was effective. Thank you. Um, and if I text her and say, this is an issue, she's like, don't forget, we talked about blank. I love that. So, it probably makes changer. her feel good, too, to hear from you. That's all I want, too. I'm, you know, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> just texting her all the time. Well, if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapist at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sinister today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Sinister. 
Before you book any brunch, you pore over lists and lists of reviews. So why not do the same when you're looking for a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more important, than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. I'm using ZocDoc as we speak. Well, not literally in this very (laughs) moment, but in this... (laughs) In this uh, timeline, because I need to find a, a certain kind of doctor. So we use it all the time. It's free. And there's no nothing that's more of a beating than trying to go through the whole rigmarole of looking up your insurance's website and trying to find a doctor that takes your insurance and all that stuff. And ZocDoc just streamlines the whole process. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and we are two of them. It's our go-to whenever we need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash creepy and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash creepy. ZocDoc.com slash creepy. One of the earliest documented sightings of Resurrection Mary happened along Archer Avenue in the 1930s. According to the Chicago Tribune, in the early days of Mary's hitchhiking, the 18 or 19-year-old blonde woman in the white dress would appear on the running boards of idling cars and ask for a ride to a dance hall. Drivers would happily agree to her request, only to find she would disappear as the car passed Resurrection Cemetery. This continued for decades until the ghost got a little more friendly. In 1974, the Chicago Tribune collected stories of interactions with Resurrection Mary. The often repeated encounter involved men meeting a woman at Willowbrook Ballroom in Willow Springs, formerly known as the O'Henry Ballroom. The woman was young, around 18 years old, with long blonde hair, wearing a white dancing dress. The men would dance with her into the night, noting that she was... Friendly, but a little chilly. One of these men was Gerald Paulus. He saw the beautiful blonde woman more than once at the dance hall. After a few nights, he finally worked up the courage to ask her to dance. Like other men, he noted that her skin was brittle and a bit cold, saying to her, Cold hands, warm heart. The beauty didn't reply. She just continued to dance. At the end of the night, she asked Gerald for a ride home. He agreed and headed toward the address she gave, a house in the Bridgeport area of Chicago. However, she requested specifically that Gerald take Archer Road, an archaic term for the busy avenue. When they passed Resurrection Cemetery, she asked him to pull over. She told the man, Where I'm going, you cannot follow. She took off toward the cemetery gates and disappeared before she ever made it through. Can we just say Mary's a whole vibe because somebody <laughs> comes up to you and starts to insult the temperature of your hands and slash skin, brittle skin, rude. Some of us need extra moisturizer and we forget to put it on. Some of us and just run cold. Some of us run hot. Get don't, over don't it. Don't be talking about it. 
But, but she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to dance. Just keep dancing. And then he's like, let me take you home. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'll take a ride. Let me, can I go home with you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Why don't you just try? Ba-bam. Cross the I'm threshold going, into another plane. Go. Yeah. Thoroughly frightened, Gerald headed home. The next day, he visited the address in Bridgeport the mystery woman had given him the night before. When he arrived, the homeowner told him that the description matched her daughter, but that it was impossible they were together, as her daughter had died decades earlier. Gerald worried he may have made the whole thing up until he saw the framed photo on the piano in the living room. It was a picture of the parent's dearly departed daughter, the same woman Gerald had danced with the night before. Think Gerald, you just gotta go. You gotta say, I'm sorry to bother you. I'm gonna go. Uh and you um just try to go on with your life after that. Yeah. You know? Or you have a seance. I don't know, use another way, but leave that mom alone. She yeah, doesn't need don't it, don't go good. bother her again. I do feel for Gerald in the sense that he saw this gorgeous blonde several nights at the dance oh, hall. Yeah. He finally is like, Tonight's the night, Gerald. I'm going to do it. I'm, you're going to ask her out. He like amped himself up mm-hmm. in the bathroom. You got this, buddy. You've got this. Looking himself in the mirror. He's freshly shaven. He's got on a crisp suit. And then she literally ghosts him. Oh, <laughs> like, oh poor Gerald. There's not even like, oh, maybe we can. T- I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if ghosts can have relationships with the living. I believe isn't there a story out there of a woman that is convinced she's married to a ghost pirate and has sex on the rag with him? That is a real life story. Yes. That's yes. a real person. Yes. Yeah. We should yeah. cover that. Yeah. 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 We Sounds should. awesome. Uh, we so should maybe, absolutely cover it. Maybe he could, maybe Gerald could go back. You know, you keep going back. Maybe if she was into you, she asks you to take her home again. Yeah, I don't know the rules on ghosts, but I would think if you could just float anywhere and then she doesn't float to your house, like, she'll let it go. Yeah, then, you know, it's like, if she hasn't called you back, like, if she hasn't paid you a visit in the night, then just let it go. She's just not that into you. Yeah, she's not. (laughs) Gerald's story paralleled dozens of other men in the Chicago area. Mary had given Gerald a home address. But in other cases, she requested the men take her straight to 7200 South Archer Avenue, Resurrection Cemetery. When the men would head down Archer, they would do as she say and pull over at the gates. As soon as the car would approach the cemetery, Richard Crow explained to the Tribune, the woman would give a yell, jump from the car, dash through the cemetery gates, and vanish. It's not usually how a date ends, but... (laughs) You know, hey, let's go to the cemetery. You're like, oh, I'm going to get jacked off tonight. (laughs) And then she's like, "Ah!" and then runs off. And you're like, well, it happened again. She ran out into the cemetery. (laughs) I'll go jack myself off at home. (laughs) I'm glad he went home at least. Just desecrate a (laughs) gravestone. (laughs) I guess I'm going to go find a gravestone to jack. I'm like, please don't do that, sir. Please go. Yeah, because you never know. Who's you might not be jacking off on the one that you think it is. That's true. We got all people are mixing around. shit up all over the place and mm, term graves. Up. Who knows where's anybody's buried anymore? Yeah, you gotta watch out. You can't. You just do it at home. Yeah, just go home. Throughout the 1970s, Mary continued hitchhiking. Crow told the Tribune that during this time he became concerned for the ghost after her reported behavior became stranger and less than polite when hitching a ride, saying. 
Lately, the reports I've gotten seem to indicate Mary's on the verge of a breakdown. She's reportedly jumped in young men's cars when they were stopped at a light on Archer, and she's been incoherent. She acts hysterical as they ride along, then jumps out, always at the cemetery. I mean, I've been a passenger in a car where I'd want to turn incoherent and hysterical and jump out. Yeah. And it's called, a lot of times, driving with my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tommy doesn't understand why I... I'm just white knuckling it sometimes in the car. I'm like, break, break, break. He's like, I am breaking. I'm like, but you're way too close to the car in front of us to start the break. We got to ease in. Thing? What'd you say? It's like a depth perception thing. I don't know. I saw a TikTok about it. So I think it's like a universal thing with a lot of men that they just are more uh, loose. With their driving. I don't know what it is, but you're right. And that's, you know what? They don't have uh, the same traffic rules in Browntown that we, the rest <laughs> of us do. True. They operate on their own traffic rules. <laughs> they have their own set of municipal codes and ordinances. I like that Richard is legitimately concerned for a ghost's mental health. He he's, like, he's like, I'm worried. She's breaking down. She's incoherent. <laughs> she's never done this before. <laughs> I've been tracking her mental state for decades. She's never done this before. She might be on her ghost period. We haven't tracked it in a while, but (laughs) she's been yelling a lot, so it could be that. Crow theorized that Mary's deteriorating behavior was linked to her time between the two planes of our world and the other world, telling the Tribune. She's been getting more and more incoherent, and I have a theory. That means she's losing her power. That's really sad to think about, though, if that is what is happening in... She knows that, so she's panicking because she's essentially disappearing. She's like fading into another plane. Mm -hmm. I've recommended it many times, but the book Lincoln and the Bardo is about Mm -hmm. ghosts and like interacting with each other and like leaving planes and stuff. And it is, uh, like you said, if that's all you know, if you were killed tragically, you've now been wandering Archer Avenue and something is happening, you know, however many years you were meant to stay or whatever happens that you slip through the bureaucratic cracks of the ghost world and they're like all right it's time to come home then you would be freaking out because you're like no this is what i'm used Mm -hmm. to this is what i've done for so long most of the men mary rode with weren't out looking for trouble according to crow the guys who pick up mary are usually great down-to-earth blue-collar types with no interest in the occult they take these things at face value even outside the car mary's behavior began turning heads Crow heard from the parents of two young boys in the neighborhood around Christmas of 1974. The interaction occurred on Archer Street, between Harlem Avenue and Newcastle Street. Neither boy was familiar with the legend when they spotted a ghostly woman dancing down the street acting weird before she disappeared. The kids reported her ephemeral dancing to their parents, who relayed the incident to Crow. This also could be a description of me when I walk the dog. Sometimes I sing to myself or I'll be listening to something and I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, talk back to it. But I have headphones in. So this was 1974. They're like, back then. there's this weird woman walking down the street. All we can hear is her yelling in Backstreet Boys. <laughs> She's just singing. I want it that way. She's got a mean chihuahua and a really nice pit bull. In the late 1970s, a driver passing by Resurrection Cemetery saw a woman who he believed had been locked in the burial grounds after dark. She was standing behind the locked gates, clutching them with her hands. Concerned for her safety, the driver called police once he got to a telephone. Dispatch sent an officer to the scene, but when he arrived, the woman in white he had been sent to find was gone. She jumped the fence and went to Chet's. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. I gotta take a shit. Let me out of this fucking center. <laughs> they leave the Bloody Mary at the end of the bar. She was thirsty. I get it. Do you know how long I spent Google image searching the most insane Bloody Marys that are out there the other night? I did not know that. Someone sent one with a full chicken in it. What else did you find? Oh, uh, there's one that a listener sent that is in Salem that has a full-on lobster, pork belly, filet mignon, bacon, Stuffed olives. It was, so this sent me down a rabbit hole. This is a Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I what? Yeah, and seeing how like crazy these things get, the things people can put in a glass is is wild. Anything will fit in a glass if you mash it down I guess hard so. enough. Mm-hmm. According to the DeKalb Daily Chronicle, DeKalb. According to the DeKalb. According to the DeKalb Daily Chronicle, when the patrolman shined his flashlight on the bars. He noticed that two of the bars had been strangely bent apart and embedded in the metal and scorching the surface of the metal were handprints. The bars were eventually refinished and repainted, but no matter how hard they tried, the keepers could not get the scorched handprints to disappear from the metal. Richard Crow would show the repaired bars to paranormal enthusiasts on his haunted tour. The only remaining sign of something possibly sinister? Some orange rust protectant used to cover up the damage. Man, ghosts being able to touch stuff is scary enough, but a ghost being able to fucking bend and scorch metal is metal. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of energy they're conjuring. And there's pictures of this, and there are, the bars are still a little bit bent and have some marks on it. Mm -hmm. Cemetery officials deny any ghostly activity, blaming the bent and burned bars on a truck that ran into them. Caretaker of the Resurrection Mausoleum, Chet Kalikowski, told the Chicago Tribune that the marks on the bars were in fact caused by hands, but that they were from a human, not a ghost. Kalikowski explained that a grounds worker for the cemetery accidentally backed their truck into the gate. The blackened handprint was made by a worker's glove after he used a blowtorch on the bars to try and repair them. A convenient story. Is there a more Chicago name than Chet Kalikowski? Fuck no. It's awesome. He's like, listen, let me tell you what happened. Larry backed this car into the thing. He got a blowtorch out because the shit's heavy, right? He's not a ghost. He doesn't have ghost strength, especially not ghost on her period strength. That's crazy. They start that they attract bears, but they can fight them off. They're tough. Yeah. He's got it. He had to do something. Larry's a stand up guy. I told you about my the, my past coworker who claims <laughs> yes, that the, the reason she was attacked by a raccoon is yes. because she was on her period. We get to talking about that in Ohio because they said they had a number of raccoons and you're like, well, <laughs> how are all of us why. doing? <laughs> I wonder why. Sinisterhood will be right back. Guess what I have on my foot right now? I'm going to take it off and show you. Bam. Nice. My drivers, my Rothies. Love warm that color. Today. I had to be, their desert rose, I think is the color. I had to be on my feet all day. And you know what? I had chose my Rothies because... This is a fall shoe. It's an all-year shoe. But right now, I feel very... And I had to dress kind of biz cash for a thing I had to do today. And it went very well with slacks, but still had a pop of color. I'm in love. I love it. I love mine. I ordered Ella a pair. She warmed today to school. They're so cute. They're washable. We love anything that can be thrown in the washer. And then I got the flats and Ooh. also the ones that look... look Kind of like little ballet slippers. I love those them so, so much. They're so those. comfortable. Tommy the other day was like, you look really good in those shoes. Whoever says that? Yeah. And he was like, they're like 
kind of classy and dressy, but also casual. And they're just kind of like cute and sexy. I was like, damn, but also oh, you're right. You're like, I am hot. <laughs> well, you, Ella, and I are all ready for fall in our sexy Rothy's. Night falls sooner, costume parties fill the calendar, and we wear our comfiest, spookiest clothes because fall is here. Transitioning to fall is easy with Rothy's shoes. With so many colors that work season after season, it would be a crime not to have a pair. From the unbeatable comfort to the fact that you can wash them, shout out because mine, woohoo, need it. <laughs> what more evidence do you need that Rothy's shoes check every box? We are just, uh, we're obsessed with them. We can't get enough. I love them. They're also extremely comfortable. Dude, right? So comfortable. They don't rub like in a way that's going to leave you any blisters. Mm-mm. My ballet ones are in black. My pointed flats are in like the iris, I believe. It's like a dark purple. It's so pretty. But the soles of my black ones are also printed which adds just like a little cute pop of something to them i love them so much get into the spirit and elevate your fall wardrobe with rothy's plus get twenty dollars off your first purchase at rothy's.com slash creepy that's twenty dollars off at r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash creepy once enough folks were frightened by the hitchhiking ghoul and the controversial mode of transportation fell out of vogue in the 1970s, Mary had to find other ways to get around. In 1979, instead of flagging down drivers for a free ride, Mary was picked up by a professional. The cab driver, identified in the newspaper only as Ralph, told columnist Bill Geist about the incident. It was a Thursday night, would have been about two weeks ago, and I was lost, basically. I dropped this big spender way the hell down in Palace Heights or Hills or someplace like that and was trying to make my way back to the tollway. I just turned onto Archer, down where it's still a lonely back road, you know, especially at midnight. And there she was. She was standing there with no coat on by the entrance to this little shopping center. No coat. And it was one of those real cold ones, too. What Ralph didn't know was the shopping center was just two blocks north of the O. Henry Ballroom, one of Mary's favorite old haunts. Ralph took pity on the freezing woman and pulled over. He told Geist, She didn't put out her thumb or nothing like that. She just looked at my cab. Of course, I stopped. Figured maybe she had car trouble or something. She hopped right in the front seat. She had on this, you know, fancy kind of white dress like she'd just been to a wedding or something. And those new kind of disco type shoes with the straps and that. She was a looker, you know, a blonde. I didn't have any ideas or anything like that. You know, she was young enough to be my daughter, right? 21, tops. Oh, Ralph. <laughs> He talked himself yeah. <laughs> and was like, did you take it back? Oh, Ooh, no. I said too much. This is on the record. <laughs> I I, I want to know what Ralph's idea of new kind of disco type <laughs> shoes are. That she that Resurrection Mary would have been wearing. With a wedding dress. <laughs> yes. She's like, you know what? I went and got the plat. She's like, if you're a ghost, you can get anything you want ever. You just mm-hmm. slip into a store and take it. She got some of those platform shoes with the goldfish in the bottom. That's what oh, I envision. Nice. It's a disco shoe. Yeah, those are disco shoes for sure. Ralph made no moves on the young woman, as he was mostly concerned about her safety and where she was going. He recalled. I asked her where she was going, and she said she had to get home. I asked her what was wrong, if she had car trouble or what, but she didn't really answer me. She was fuzzy. You know, Maybe she had a couple of drinks or something, or was just tired. I don't know. Mary made small talk about the weather, while Ralph started driving. She trailed off, and Ralph described her as million miles away. Maybe she smoked or something. Who knows? When they approached a small shack near the cemetery, Mary screamed for Ralph to stop the cab. He did, as she pointed and said, There. When he turned to look, she vanished, 
he told the columnist, She was gone, and that car door never opened. Made a good Lord strike me dead, it never opened. Ralph has told this story 300 times. At Chet's, at least 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> and then at another, another, at another bar. Melody Lounge. He has never once wavered in this telling. He swears and will continue to swear on his life and all of his children's lives that this happened. Oh, 100%. He was like, cross my heart, hope to mm-hmm. die right now on my mother's grave. Yeah. And when somebody's like, my mother's grave, you're like, Ralph, she's not even dead yet. He's like, yeah, but the gravestone's there and it's got a dash it's got on a it. got a dash. You don't, and it could happen at any time. It could happen at any time. on the Cubs, or I guess this is in the South the Side. Oh, he's, so they're Ralph's the Sox. The Sox on the Sox, I swear. May the Sox never win another series if I'm wrong, if I'm lying. <laughs> You're like, Ralph, you son of a bitch. Yeah, and then, well, Ralph, you got to take it back. Just like she wasn't that good looking. You got to wheel it back. <laughs> you got to wheel it back. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Though he wanted to share his story, Ralph was cautious. He refused to provide the reporter with his last name, phone number, or the cab he drove, worrying that you might trace my phone or my plates and put my name in a paper and make me look like a maniac or an idiot. Ralph described himself as... Your typical 52-year-old working guy, a veteran, father, little league baseball coach, the whole shot. All that to say, Ralph didn't consider himself a follower of the paranormal and wasn't one to create stories out of thin air. That led writer Bill Geis to conclude Ralph had encountered the one and only Resurrection Mary. I get the... Uh, I get the uh, idea that this was like an answering machine situation as well, that (laughs) it was like, call this number if you have any Resurrection Mary stories. I also love Bill Geist. Sounds like Poltergeist or Beetlegeist. Perfect one to write the story. What if he's a ghost? A ghost writer. (laughs) Or what if ghost writers? What a perfect cover. You're a ghost writer and you're a ghost. And your name is Geist. (laughs) You have to do all of those things. It's written in the stars. (laughs) Ralph wasn't the only cabbie to pick up Mary. Across the street from Resurrection Cemetery sits Chet's Melody Lounge, a watering hole frequented by bikers, locals, us, and those hoping to catch a glimpse of the white-gowned ghost. A few years after Ralph's incident, the owner of Chet's had a run-in with a different frustrated cab driver. The man came into the lounge asking if anyone had seen a blonde woman in a white dress. She had asked her a ride to the location, but jumped out of the cab and walked into the lounge before paying her fare. The staff all said no. No patrons matched that description. The only one who did was Resurrection Mary. After about the 1970s, any ride she was going to get is going to be something that she would have been expected to pay for. Mm -hmm. And she don't have the ghost money to pay for it. And so she's been ditching these drivers who are like, I had the meter running for yep. that. <laughs> She's like, sorry, I'm from a different era. We don't do that. You're going to start getting Uber requests of like, <laughs> she looks kind of see-through in this picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. One evening during the 1990s, the owner found himself involved in another situation that involved Mary. He was pulling out of the driveway of the bar when a panicked young man came running towards him. Frightened, the man exclaimed, I just need to use your phone. I hit a woman back there, but I can't find her body. When the owner confirmed with the motorist that the young woman had been wearing a white dress, he assured the shaken gentleman there was nothing to worry about. Ah, that was Resurrection Mary. Don't worry, you didn't hit anybody. You saw a ghost. But can we be sure? I don't think we know that. (laughs) Maybe we still call someone just to check. Just to be, you know, safe. Better safe than sorry. 
go down and look, you know, yeah. maybe call it in. But you could even say I hit something, possibly a deer or a person or a ghost. If they're if the police patrol Archer Ave anyway, they'll be like, well, it could be a ghost, but we have to check anyway. Mm-hmm. See, they'll they'll still. I mean, I think still call. It. <laughs> I think maybe still call it. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It was just a ghost. Go on it. and get yourself a Pabst. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Out of respect and perhaps a bit of fear, bartenders at Chet's leave a Bloody Mary at the end of the bar every Sunday just in case the ghastly customer stops in for a drink. Current owner Rich Przinsky told the Chicago Tribune, Sometimes it disappears, but hey, it's free. Somebody probably drinks it. I mean, I would. (laughs) I would not, actually, because I'd be like, this is the one time she's going to come in expecting her drink, and I drank it, and then i probably find myself, my dash, my dash is up. (laughs) She takes me over to the cemetery with her. But I would order one and drink it with her. Yeah, you could go with her. And she scans the room and sees you just like <laughs> sucking on the Bloody Mary. It's like, <laughs> you lock eyes. <laughs> Fuck. We will say um, Lizzie said, oh, my gosh, the owners are the most amazing. They're wonderful. I love them so much. So that was that's always lovely to hear. Yes. And you know what? Not something you always hear from, you know, so, you know, uh, uh, service worker or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you might be like, yeah, this place, you know, she's just like, oh, he's great. Because we were asking about the because we did quote. Chet, and then you know we were quoting some people in the story, yeah. and she uh, she vouched for him. If Lizzie vouches for you, you're legit. You're good. Yeah, it's family owned, has been for a long time, and she had worked there for a really long time too. Which, when you find a dive bar like that, and the bartender's been there for years, you know that it's a good gig because otherwise they just bounce. Right. And speaking of all the you know wonderful. Uh, happenstances in our life she was like oh i normally open i normally don't close Mm -hmm. because that she was talking about the man who shit all over the place she's like i'm not even supposed to like very clerks i'm not even supposed to be here right now (laughs) and but for our sake like thankfully she was there Mm -hmm. because she was so welcoming and open and talked to us and was very into the same stuff we were the office crocs ghosts fuck yeah god damn we need her to come on tour yeah, she could just friends. do like uh, uh, open for us. Just tell stories <laughs> for like ten minutes. Just a Q and A session. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Into it, I would be in the audience asking <laughs> the cues. Shouldn't you guys be back in the green room? <laughs> Fuck off! No, <laughs> we're right where we need to be. Exactly. A decade earlier, in the 1980s, more sightings of Mary were reported by motorists. In one instance, Claire and Mark Rudnicki were driving near Resurrection Cemetery when they spotted a woman in white slowly walking down the side of the road, according to Windy City Ghosts. Immediately, the Renickis realized something was off. The ethereal woman wasn't solid. They could see right through her. She also had a white aura around her that appeared to be glowing. Shocked by what they had just seen, the Renickis turned the car around to get a better look. When they drove back by the spot, the ghostly woman had disappeared. Would you and Tommy, if you're driving together, go back and look? I would want to, yes. In fact, were we somewhere recently where something like that happened and I wanted to dry, go back and look? And he was like, no, we're not. We, we're, we, we're late for something. I feel like that happened. I'll ask him. And then on the next episode, I will <laughs> let everyone know if this really happened or if this was a dream I had. You're like, babe, did we see a hitchhiking ghost? <laughs> And I wanted to go back. And he's like, yeah, we did. But we were late for the movies. (laughs) Chicago and Janet Kalal had a run in with Mary in 1989. Late one night, she and a friend were driving near the cemetery when suddenly a woman wearing a white dress jumped in front of Janet's car. Janet slammed on her brakes to avoid hitting the woman. Strangely, though, there was no impact. The car seemed to pass right through the woman. 
When Janet and her friend got out to check and see if the mystery lady was all right, there was no trace of her. Additionally, there was no damage to the car. Talk about just like an ass clench moment, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, God, it happened. And then they did the right thing, unlike some people yes. who just drove away. Is they it looked. better or worse to get out and there was nothing? Oh, it's got to be better, right? Because you didn't just kill somebody. Of a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but also, you have a lot more questions now. Yeah. Well, I know a, a person in my life that uh, was looking to turn an automobile and ran a woman over. Not going very quickly, but there was a distinct thump. And when the driver got out to find this person, the person had jumped up and was running off. I know this story. Yeah. I don't want to find him out because it's not my story to tell. But <laughs> it was like, you know, like you say, like, and then you call and they go, I hit a person today. You're like, what happened? And then th- th- and they were like, are you OK? Do you need help? Do you need me to call someone? They're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I don't know if maybe they felt guilty, but my roommate in college in Chicago got hit by a car and then the driver sued her. For what? Uh, damage to their car and then when she showed up to the deposition and they saw that she was about five foot tall and you know weighed like a, a strong wind would knock her over uh, they're like we will be dismissing this guy <laughs> but how, like there was just no way could you was it like she was jaywalking and so therefore you weren't responsible I think their light was green and they were making a right turn but she was walking across where they would turn do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so you still have to, but you, I think you still have to give way to pedestrians, Yield. even if you have a green light. So I think there was some argument and it was like a year and 11 months after the incident. So it's one of those where I think you go talk to a lawyer and they're like, well, the statute of limitations is two years. So we better file the lawsuit. But I remember her going, I'm getting sued. I was like, you, I'm sorry, are you suing someone that ran you over? And she's like, no. And it didn't, again, it didn't really hurt her. It kind of bumped her and she dropped her book. She was going to class and then. But it damaged but, their car and didn't hurt no. her. It didn't damage their car. They were full of shit. They just tried to say, they said, oh, my neck really hurt because oh. I had to slam on my brakes and my bumper was damaged. And it was like, they no, had a damaged I, bumper and were looking for a way to get it repaired. That's a problem. You know what? That's actually a really good point. They probably whacked it into like a pole when they were mm-hmm. parking and were like, you know what? We got to pin it on that girl that we hit. <laughs> that five foot, 100 pound girl that we hit. <laughs> right. Let's go track her. We go get a butterfly net and catch her. Oh. I mean, she was just, you know, what I, mean? I mean, she was not the type of person that I've been hit by several cars. And I knew a guy in high school that was a linebacker and he was hit by a motorcycle and Damn. going like 30 miles an hour. And the motorcycle tumped over and the person flipped off. And I said, are you OK? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I took it. I bared down and took it. <laughs> Good God. You saw it coming instead of moving. Yeah. You just like, you braced yourself. I guess like you would take a hit in football. Yeah, I'm not recommending that, but that's (laughs) just what he did. But he was able to take that on. I would dodge the car. Uh, Yeah, same, same, same. Resurrection Mary is arguably Chicago's most famous ghost story. However, not everyone believes. Cemetery employee Chet Kalikowski told the Chicago Tribune. It's all a myth. I've worked here for 25 years. I used to patrol the grounds during Halloween and during the blizzard of 1979, slept in the mausoleum because I couldn't make it home. Believe me, at night, nothing here moves. Unless you're the guy trying to get jacked off in the parking lot. (laughs) Oof, that's got to be a long night. There's a blizzard. That's a horror movie. And you got to sleep in the mausoleum all night? Right. That's like a Stephen King story. Mm -hmm, No, it totally is. A different Chet. Chet Pruszynski, who founded Chet's Melody Lounge in 1965, had his own answer when asked by the Tribune if he believed in the beautiful blonde hitchhiking ghost. I don't know. I've never seen the wind, but I know it's there. It's poignant as fuck. 
fuck? That's like poetry. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the wind? But you said you something it? similar the other day. What did I say? I don't have to eat a shit sandwich. No, I don't like the taste of it. That's right. <laughs> so, same thing. I didn't One say that. is just more poetic. And by that, I mean yours. <laughs> we were talking about sex fetishes. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. introduced you to cake farts. <laughs> I still have not seen the video because I I'm, can't find it. I'm glad you haven't seen it because I have it. Don't look for it. If you're listening to this, don't look up cake farts. It's a lady farting on a cake. That's all you need to know. Don't look at it. It's terrible. <laughs> but, but I looked at it decades ago, like right when it first came out. And my a friend of mine will say to each other, you know what I like the most? <laughs> cake farts. Because that's what she said <laughs> at the beginning. And I showed it to Paris and I said, uh, I'm going to watch this video again. And do you want to watch it? And he's like, well, not really, but OK. I mean, he was sitting next to me on the couch. I was laughing so hard. I was choking. And he was just horrifying. <laughs> just OK, horrifying. I you have it, though. Oh, yeah. Tonight, yeah, yeah. when we see each other, I'm going to watch it. We're watching Cake Farts. Okay. We'll watch a series of horror, uh, sh- uh, independent short horror films, and then a masterpiece independent short horror film. <laughs> Maybe Cake we farts. can ask the theater to project it onto the screen for everyone yeah, we'll to get, enjoy. We'll get them to it's bonus content at the end. <laughs> Whether you believe or not, if you find yourself driving down Archer late at night near Resurrection Cemetery, you may want to keep an eye out for a woman in white asking for a ride. If you do decide to pick her up, perhaps suggest heading across the street to Chet's Melody Lounge. Chances are they'll already have a drink waiting for Mary at the end of the bar. And if they don't, you get to hang out with Lizzie. Yeah, so win-win. So what do we think? Well, we love Chicago. I mean, while we were there, I go, Chicago and Dallas are my top two favorite cities. And you go, but which one is number one? And I was like, honestly, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it is. Just- yep. it's. Uh, we love it. I love that Chet is, there's so many Chets. It's just we don't have any chets in Dallas. I don't know of any. We've we talked about more two chets. in this story alone. Double chets. This has this two chets are, in this story are more chets than I have in my own personal life. Yeah, same. I do not know a chet. Mm-mm. Yeah, I love. Uh, I'm glad that we covered this because it is such a. It's one that I had kind of heard, you know, offhanded or whatever, and we covered a little bit, like a you know, Cliff's Notes version or shorter on uh, the Haunted Tour at Sea Dog, and so I'm glad we dug into it because it's such a delight, and I think it's uh, definitely a snapshot of the people of Chicago who are you know straight up will not bullshit you and go, yes, yeah, a fucking ghost it was crazy, jump right in my car, swear to God, and like we'll tell you the truth, and this, and it was encapsulated in our time with Lizzie who was totally open completely herself like willing to talk to us really counseled me gave me a lot of good counseling when (laughs) even those closest to me I'm talking to you I apologize I have since changed my way with the Crocs and I now own three pairs so (laughs) what a time (laughs) so I want Lizzie to know if you're listening I now have the ranch Crocs too yeah uh, but yeah, so that's why I'm glad we covered this. And it was, like I said, very sad that we uh, lost the audio to time. But I'm actually really happy that we could recover it because we could talk about it again and uh, relive some of these Ralph being like, she was a fine looking piece. Of- <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I was I didn't bang her. I just want you to know I didn't bang a ghost. <laughs> I would. Like, She's the same age as my daughter. Come on. I never would do it. <laughs> was she hot? Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Could I see through the dress? Yeah. But I could also see through her body. So it wasn't anything. <laughs> It was just upholstery. I'm just looking at her. I was just looking. I didn't touch her. I tried to. Hand went right through. Touched the door handle. It's crazy. So I'm glad it was a bunch of characters. We got to go back soon. Visit Chicago. Visit Lizzie. 
Uh, and this time we're going into the cemetery. Yeah, because she did say, she, you know, I said, do you think I could just go sneak in there? And she goes, ah, I mean, you could. And she's like, it's easy to get in. But she's like, they do have security guards. They could possibly call the police. It, it, technically, I mean, again, not just with the crocs. She gave me great life advice. Mm-hmm. She's like, technically, it's trespassing. Mm-hmm. So That's you want to go during the day. So we'll go back and we can go during the day. But I'm very glad we went at night. I'm gl- very glad we went that night. Godspeed to Dave or whoever. I hope his IBS is under as a fellow sufferer of IBS and chronic diarrhea. <laughs> I just want to say I I'm so sorry, sir. I uh, hope that the reason we couldn't get a hold of Lizzie the next day was that she hadn't given her notice because after letting that sit for eight hours, she finally tried to go clean it up, and that was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> Because she kept talking about things being Lizzie clean. Yeah. She was like, people try to clean stuff, but it's not Lizzie clean. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love that she is her. You know what? We should all do that. We should set our own standards in life. She had an, her own standard for herself that was higher than anyone else's standard. That is, we should all do that. We should all strive to be like Lizzie. Absolutely. Love her. We do so much. I wish she could come to our show in a few days. Well, There's if you're n- listening to this today, Wednesday, then it's tomorrow. Yes. So Lizzie. Get on a plane. Lizzie, if you're listening to this, I'll buy you a DM play. us. We will buy your plane ticket to come to the show. I'm not kidding. So I'm not kidding. <laughs> we'll do it. We will do I it would, to have right you now. there. What a fun surprise for everybody. October 27th, do it. Lizzie, come here. If you're in Texas, come. If you're not even in Texas, doesn't matter. Come on down to the Texas Theater. We're going to have a. Uh, it's a different type of show. It's like, I mean, it's still going to be what you love and know and love about us. But because it is our last show of 2022, because it is our hometown show and because it is a worldwide digital experience with Moment, we've elevated things. Mm-hmm. We took what you love about live shows. We cranked them up, not even to 11, we cranked them up to like 21. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited. We cranked it up to 36. Fuck yeah, that's right. It's 35 right now, but on October 27th, it's going to go boop to 36. 36. So if you want to join us, you go to Sinisterhood.com slash live shows to get tickets at the Texas Theater. And you can also go to Moment.co slash Sinisterhood because you can get access to our worldwide digital experience on Moment. Watch it live on the 27th. Or I have a friend who was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I'm going to be on a plane that exact moment. I said, go ahead and get your Moment ticket. You have 10 days afterwards. And they said, I'm going to a work conference. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to be sitting in a hotel room. I would love to watch the show on demand. I said, you got 10 days to do it. There you go. And you get a t-shirt, moment.co slash Sinisterhood. You can bundle t-shirt moment ticket at the same time. If not, come to the Texas Theater, get a shirt in person. And if you don't do one of those two things, you will not match us with our badass Sinisterhood one night only Texas Theater shirts. And we both even said when it was designed that it kind of reminded us of the Resurrection Mary shirt. Yeah. So it's all coming for full circle. Same vibe. So yeah, Sinisterhood.com slash live shows to get tickets to the Texas Theater. Moment.co slash Sinisterhood to get tickets to the worldwide digital experience. And uh, just don't miss it because uh, also it's my birthday. So honestly, it's like I've invited you to a party and your lack of attendance is very rude. (laughs) It will be held against you. (laughs) I'm taking names. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. 
As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a discount on your moment ticket. You got to go to patreon.com slash sinisterhood to get a coupon code to get 25% off your ticket, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the rolling the airwaves and getting into it tier, special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, patron-exclusive audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. And patrons in the Getting Into It tier are able to vote on a bonus content segment each month. They would like to see live stream. We did our live stream last month in our new studio setup. And for the bonus content, it was the Halloween spooktacular because I we were you had on your Resurrection Mary shirt, so yeah. very on theme. I wore my ranch dressing costume that you and I bought together at Target <laughs> when we went for completely legitimate reasons and left with only a ranch dressing costume <laughs> we tried all the top 10 worst candies of oh, halloween God. and we look we roasted costumes from the local mesquite location of spirit costumes and we had such a time did you guys know sexy pennywise is a thing because we do like, now i'd like to role play and fuck that clown after you saw the movie dreams come true yeah there you go Boom. also i found out from tommy that um he goes, I know people that like every single candy on that list. And I said, oh, my. His mom time? used to keep Necco wafers in her purse. His grandma loved circus peanuts, just like your mama. Yeah, so mama loves circus peanuts. I, but he, he even said, they're all depression foods. And I was like, yeah. that is true. We talked it's about that. It's just like my grandmother loved government cheese. It was like a cheese product loaf situation. Now that I can get behind. Just that yeah. big old cheese loaf that you just slice off. Oh. We ate Velveeta the other day, and Paris didn't know to keep it warm. And he goes, why is all the cheese in the pan hard? I said, it goes back from whence it came. (laughs) It congeals back. (laughs) just congeals back. But if you want to watch us eat those nasty candies and see what the top ten list is, if you go to patreon.com slash sinisterhood, you can go to the live stream replay and watch it on demand as well. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been asking how you can get a version of this sweet, sweet Sinisterhood exclusive t-shirt that we have for the live show. And the answer is to go to moment.co slash Sinisterhood or to come to the Texas Theater Show by going to Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. If you want some other types of merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, you can visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. But the limited edition t-shirt for the live show will not be there. You can only get it live during the moment when you buy your moment ticket in a bundle or in person buying it at the Texas Theater. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting sinisterhood.com playlists. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood, and follow us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at on the internet? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace, and I am on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? 
I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. everybody thank you so much for supporting the show on patreon here are your special patreon shout outs irene karpenko jen avitia robin callie sam susan eccles amanda monsell kayla maya jensen christine george lil one 1990 cynthia brown rebecca buchanow and shakezilla warbringer Thank you so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We hope we pronounce your names correctly. We sincerely appreciate all the love and support. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Wah-ha-ha-ha. Cine-